Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boiler Express podcast. I'm your host, uh, Damon, or Ultimate Boiler. I've got everybody else here with me, Dylan, Frank, Chris. Uh, Russ will be with us momentarily. He's just having some technical issues right now. Um, first, before we get into anything, just want to give a big shout out to our network uh, partnership at uh, Big Banter. Um, <clears throat> you can check out their website. Um, they've got a list of about 13 really good podcasts and uh, blogs you can read about, 13 really good teams that you can read about. Um, and uh, it, it's really good for just Big Ten information overall. And then uh, we've got a shout out our sponsor at Blitzboards as well. Uh, since he's a Blitzboards, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> since he Blitzboards is a Boilermaker owned business that brings a fun new game to cookouts and tailgates. Blitzboards is great for any occasions, whether that's cookouts, tailgates, family gatherings, and more. Um, so be f- sure to follow Cincy Blitzboards at Blitzboards uh, on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can get that uh, as as uh, soon as possible. Um, they're super quick at responding. And uh, yeah, get yours today. So, uh, but guys, we were in uh, most, well, sorry, most of us were in Blacksburg, uh, Virginia this week, went to the Purdue Virginia Tech game, and I gotta say, I was thoroughly not surprised. I didn't expect a bad time at in Blacksburg, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I thought I would. I guess I've never really traveled uh, that far away for an away game, um, but I think Lane Stadium definitely lives up to the high, hype. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, you know, we went to Wisconsin last uh, last October and was really disappointed with the jump around and. Uh, that's something I know they take a lot of pride in there. And, and at Lane Stadium, they take a lot of pride in the inner sand, man, and talk about it being an, int- an intimidating and kind of a, a monument to college football. And it did not disappoint at all. And from what the fans around us told us, it was kind of a, it was kind of a watered-down version, no pun intended. Um, so it was a modified version due to the rain delay that we experienced. So for anyone who doesn't know, there was actually two rain delays. Um, one was 15 minutes and the other was just under six hours. Five hours and 27 minutes. Five hours, 27 minutes. Yeah, so uh, instead of the typical, you know, team walks down the tunnel, um, they play inner Sandman, crowd gets hyped, and the team runs in. We kind of got to see a modified version where they just played it as the teams were setting up for kickoff. Uh, That being said, you know, the fans started going crazy. We joined in as well. Some Virginia Tech fans came over and were kind of celebrating with us. They thought it was really cool that we were celebrating along with them and participating in their tradition, but... You know, fans couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been more welcoming. We were introduced to a, an alcoholic beverage that they called, what was it, the Hokey Shot? Hokey Shot. Um, which I believe was two different types of whiskey mixed with Fireball. So three different types of whiskey? Yeah. It, um, wasn't up to my taste, but I was really happy to uh, to try it and to you know make some new friends some that are Virginia Tech fans. But fantastic atmosphere, fantastic stadium. Um Hot take here, but I think it could be a more fun and better stadium than Ross 8. And I'm going to put that out there and see what you all think. I think they definitely do a really good job at making the fans involved from the very beginning. They play tons of different music, too. It's not just the same repeated stuff over and over. Uh, they play lots of different songs, They and they're songs that are going to get you know the fans hyped up. Um, you know, it's funny, coming back from that second really long rain delay, the stadium was like completely depleted, like was at maybe 30 to 40% capacity from what it was when the game was originally supposed to start. 
and the crowd was like dead silent and nobody thought they were going to play under Sandman again. They play under Sandman. The whole place just comes alive and you see it, uh, just become electric. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they do just a fantastic job and it's like, it's like they have somebody up there that's just like monitoring the fans almost like, okay, it's kind of getting dead. All right, let's spike it up here. Let's, uh, you know, put something out there to, to get everybody hyped up again. So I think they do a great job and, you know, because, uh, not that they're a bad team, but obviously they're not like, uh, they start, uh, um, you know, they're not, they haven't had the best couple of years, but people still love going to the games. They still love, um, the atmosphere. And I think that's a huge testament to that culture down there because, you know, not going to lie, Purdue fans, were not the same. Uh, you know, when things aren't going great, we don't show up, uh, and, um, you know, Virginia Tech fans definitely, definitely do and did. So shout out to Virginia Tech fans and shout out to Pete who invited us to that tailgate. I just remember that one guy's name was Pete. So shout out to Pete. The one knock I will say on their game day atmosphere was on third down. Um, they do, they do the key jingle, which is fine. I have no issues with that. But before the key jingle, they play this sound and it is the most shrill, high pitched turkey gobble sound. Uh, I don't even know if I want to attempt to um, try it. Or I would to, love for you to try it. Oh, uh, you could hear it on TV. Yo, you can hear it on TV. Okay, so I don't, could, I don't even need to try it. Try it. You could hear it. it. Trust me. Yeah, but it, it and it and it, it wasn't just the noise; it was the volume uh, that they played it at. It was just so loud. And you know, before the game, we saw a lot of a lot of kids with earmuffs on, which made sense, but also a lot of adults. Um, and we only got to see about ten minutes of a fully packed lane stadium in the first quarter, but it was loud. I mean, it, it was, it was loud, very loud. On, a, on a different level. Uh, and it was just rowdy and, and, and hyped. And, and I've, it, I, I was impressed. I mean, it lived up to the hype kind of exceeded what, what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, hats off to Virginia tech and, and the culture and everything they, they do there. I was, I'm, I'm so glad we went. It was a fantastic time. Got to see a great game. Uh, got to see Purdue pull out the win. So no complaints outside of the rain i'll say one more thing is that um shout out to all my southern indiana purdue fans because you'll know exactly what i'm talking about that gobbler sound that turkey sound it sounds exactly like the sound that it makes when you're on the gobbler getaway at holiday world the little like turkey <laughs> shooting game i thought i was at holiday world every third i love that's a great red reference that was awesome <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about because you know but it was great so chris what do you think do you have any Anything it was uh, it was like pretty much echoing everybody what everybody else said and kind of being in the business I am um, when I'm not on the pod I was kind of surprised slash concerned about the lack of a preparedness for such a brain delay especially of the length that it was that's true um, just for the simple fact that like there was a point where. They were like, hey, we're going to reevaluate at 3 o'clock. It was like 1.30, 1.45 when we heard that. And then they're like, hey, we're going to reevaluate at 5. And they had closed the concession stands basically on the second and third level um, where we were at. And we're like, okay. And like the time kept going. And like I could feel that I was getting starving. And I know you guys were too. I was starting to get really, really agitated. And... <laughs> Like Frank sees somebody with like nachos or something, and we're like, "What the hell?" And sure enough, we go down to the very bottom, and there's food. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like we've I've only been waiting for like four hours. What the hell? And it would <laughs> you have don't just want to been, mess with, with hungry Chris. No, I get pretty upset. Bite. 
Um, so it would, I think some of that and as well as like some of the, like, Hey, leave the stadium while the monsoon is coming and like lightning strikes. And yeah, it was yeah, I saw some videos of those lightning strikes. They were, <laughs> yeah. but, they were intense. Yeah. So like, honestly though, like outside of the weather aspect of it, stadiums are really nice. Campus is gorgeous. Um, the people were really nice. Um, we parked was really muddy but that's a whole other ordeal um <laughs> but no honestly it was a really good experience i'm glad we had the opportunity to go and i look forward to represent representing the pod in the next location that we travel to hey the flag on the flagpole at tailgate looked really good it was crisp it was crisp nothing like, like uh that. slinging out a crisp 150 to get moved 30 feet to oh uh, yeah our car, uh, the car was like in a swamp. Basically, we were like on this hill, and it poured rain, like four inches of rain. Um, and so we tried to get it out, and we couldn't. And I don't, uh, and I'm ashamed to say this, but I was pretty sore yesterday, and like some of today <laughs> from pushing the car because we helped another uh, car that was out there too. Um, hey, Adam, boys, way to be a way to be a good friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think uh, what there was like eight of us trying to move to uh, two cars and we just we just couldn't do it so no and then whenever they drug out the uh russ's car from the mud it was like the that tire was like almost completely into the mud so there was no way we were gonna push it out um but <laughs> that the tow truck guy was like the stereotypical tow truck guy he comes up to us he's like best i can do is 125 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he. Uh, it's one of those situations where I don't hate the player, I hate the game, you know, because uh, he knew, you know, it was 11 o'clock at night. He knew the situation we were in. We were from out of town and our car was stuck in the mud. Um, so, you know, yeah. so it was, yeah, 100, it was 100, 125 to move our car or 30 feet or so. Um, but, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, uh, it was what, it was not a good time. One thing we didn't mention uh, is the the fact that we did have the opportunity to actually walk into the tunnel. That was great uh, and touch the hokey stone. Um, so that was that was really cool to uh, to have that opportunity. Um, it's pretty surreal to actually actually walk through there and uh, touch the hokey stone. Um, so that was really neat as well. Um, got to take a look at the basketball stadium inside. It's really nice. Um, you know, it's uh, really steep. I did climb all the way to the top just out of sheer curiosity to see what the view was like. Not as good as Mackie, but. It reminds yeah. me a lot of uh, where the Pacers play. Oh, the field house that changes the field name. house. Yeah. Yep. So here we have a uh, listener or a viewer comment here from Cody. Uh, hopefully you guys are going to be there Saturday night because the missus and I would love to buy you guys a drink. Cody, what a legend. Yo, shout out to Cody. Yeah. I mean, they're You're going to regret it, really but we appreciate it. You're going to regret it, but we appreciate it. And on uh, that subject, I will say I was I was both shocked and humbled at the the number of people who came up to us and and recognized us at, at the Virginia Tech game and talked that to us about, weird, about the podcast. Yeah. Championship. It was wild. Yeah. For those of you uh, that, that we got to interact with, thank you so much for listening. It was good to know that uh, – uh, someone else gets something out of this, you know, besides us. So that was a lot of fun to, you know, to, to meet you all and to have that, have that experience with you. See, so when I was at the big 10 championship, I just had three or four people, yo, where's Rowdy. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, my question too, bud. Yo, thanks Ohio podcast. Here. Another comment here. What's up my friends. Great no way, over the and I won't say that for anybody besides Eric. Thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only time you'll hear me say the OHIO. It's where I live. I'm not proud of it. But... <laughs> At the Always good to uh, make a long drive and, and come away with a win for sure. Hey, by the way, come to West Lafayette too. Yeah, I talked to Eric today and he got a hard hat in, which is going to be the trophy of whoever wins uh, Ohio State Purdue. And so whoever wins gets um, this hard hat. So that's going to be pretty rad. Um, him, the whole crew from the OHIO podcast is going to be at the game. Uh, Chris, there, Chris, Eric, and then uh, there's only one. There's only one Chris here. This this, this podcast ain't big enough for the two Chris's. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have a little trophy, but uh, goes to the winner of the game. So that'll be fun. Uh, I love the guys at the OHIO podcast. They're good people. Yeah, they're good people. They're by far my favorite Ohio State fans by far. Probably my only ones I do like. Pretty much, yeah, might be my. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh man, but uh, yeah, I was gonna say something else about uh, Lane Stadium too. I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, it was just kind of a uh, you know Chris alluded to it earlier talking about like how nobody knew what was going on. Blacksburg was kind of just a lawless land um, at that point, not in a bad way, but just like you could places you normally should not ever try to go t- into. Like you just could. Like uh, so we were walking around. We were actually heading to the basketball stadium. And Frank and Russ saw the tunnel and they were just like, let's go in the tunnel. And uh, Chris and I were like, mm, I don't know. And there was also like a Virginia Tech like personnel walking up the tunnel as they were walking down. So it's like, oh, they're going to get told to like turn around. They'll be out of here in like two seconds. Five minutes goes by. I'm like, where the heck are these guys? And uh, we look into the tunnel. Nobody's there. I'm like, and uh, so we call Frank and he's like, oh, yeah, we're down here. We're like, we're touching the hokey stone. And this cop is like super cool and blah, blah, blah. And so we all got to walk down the tunnel. It's really cool because they have this whole wall of – is it like all the seniors or is it like uh, – It's a, it's every senior, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was super cool. It was just like, you know, one of those historical things that you, you've always seen. You've always – you've watched the YouTube videos. You've seen the entrance. You've heard them talk about the Hokie Stone and then just getting to, like, be there and be part of it was um, pretty cool. Uh, and then, like, they had the – Go ahead. No, I was gonna say my favorite part was when I texted. I texted the group chat. You guys sent the photos, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like, how'd you guys get to do that?" And one of you, I think it was Russ, was like, "Well, oh, we just walked down there. Like, we just we just moseyed our way down there. Fake it till you make it." You know? Yes. Got a comment here. Uh, did you just say you touched the Hokies stones? Just uh, one stone. Could, yeah, yeah. Just the it's just the stone, individual stone. Yeah, yeah. It is very large. Yeah. And it's quite it's quite worn too uh, from a lot of a lot of, touches. <laughs> a lot of usage. Yeah. Seen a lot. Getting slapped Seen around. Been <laughs> <laughs> uh, around, around the block. But I'm all right. Anyway. Oh my god, Chris, that, um, that was not an approved look. I don't think. No, no, probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the game started out um, pretty solid for the first, mm-hmm. you know two minutes or whatever that we got to play before we got, you know, paused for six hours. The guys had the ball. I think, did they score on their first drive? Yeah. Yeah. They scored on their first drive, punched it in and then, um, got the ball back pretty quickly and was on the way to punch it in again. Um, and the rain literally happened. We came back and it was really cool because, uh, even though the stadium was like not at full capacity, it was like 30 to 40% full. Um, it was kind of, again, a lawless land. They weren't checking tickets. So we got to sit wherever we wanted to basically. Um, and we got to move down to like the pretty low section, um, sitting about midfield to watch the rest of the game. And, uh, 
uh, I think the crowd definitely hyped the team up again. You know, they were into it. They were playing the music and everything. And um, Purdue turned it over uh, on that third down that they came back out in. Um, but uh, they kind of picked it up there for a little bit. Um, they came out swinging, got up to a 17-0 lead. And the second quarter was just kind of – and the second quarter is the only thing that I really have qualms with at all from this game. And it was really the last six minutes of the second quarter. Yeah, just kind of a, a collapse there. And yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech was able to tie it up at halftime, but what you know, what going into the half, did you guys? Because I know I said before the game restarted, I was like, man, I was so pumped before the game, but now I've got this like eerie feeling in my stomach. Did you guys feel that at all? Or were you guys like just pumped or ready to go? Or, um, so I think, uh, I did feel that eerie feeling that you talked about until, um, you know, the players started to act like they wanted to walk toward the lock, the locker room, and Walters kind of was like, no, 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 no. like. Like we're, we're just going to have this meeting here. So there was an abbreviated halftime, uh, Virginia tech, their team, they actually did go to the locker room, which was quite a long walk for them. Didn't quite make a ton of sense to me. I'm not exactly sure how long the halftime was, maybe 10 minutes. It was 10 minutes, but mm-hmm. it, it seemed like, you know, the Purdue players were intending to go to the locker room and Walters was just like, nope, 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 huddle, huddle, and just kind of pulled everyone to a huddle. We weren't close enough that we, uh, could hear what he was saying. We were close enough that we could see the seriousness on his face. And there was just a lot of like uh, his demeanor sort of exhibited that he was saying, like, relax, just calm down. We got this. Do our thing. And he just stood there and kept the players huddled in a circle around him for the the majority of the halftime. And, you know, uh, I once I saw that, you know, he was kind of just kind of taking the ball by the horns and and, uh, doing what he needed to do to get the team in the right mindset, I started to feel a little bit better. Uh, And that was that, that that was really cool to see him just kind of kind of take control. Um, also on the subject of Walters, it was really crazy uh, not to get too ahead of myself in the timeline of the game. It was really crazy to see him have to be restrained on that roughing the passer call that uh, Jacob Heneman was tagged with. Yeah, I mean, li- literally, he started to walk onto the field, and I believe it was TJ McCollum got in front of him and was like, no, 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 get back, get back, get back. <laughs> yeah. Then you get back, coach. And the, the, the index finger that he extended at the referee just stood there and just like for a good – five to eight seconds just and if you rewatch the game you can actually see it like after he calls a penalty he's like hey i need to talk to you like three times oh he had some choice words oh yeah (laughs) if you can if you read lips it was pretty obvious to say he was not yeah yeah and like and from our perspective it was after they kicked the extra point was when he started to have to be restrained and he literally is standing there and is like, he's got the ball in his hand. Like it, like he was not having a good time. I liked it though. I like, I like the energy. It was cool because it was like a, a good, like I'm fighting for my players type of energy. Not like I'm going out there and just making a fool of myself type like PO. It was like, it was like, my guys are playing the right way. They're playing discipline, and this is what you're going to go out here, and you're going to call, and you're going to like ruin any like this momentum that we've got going. Um, so I, I definitely like it from that perspective, too. Um, it's definitely a uh, kind of like a righteous anger, almost. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, he definitely rallied the troops. I think, so Purdue Creative, again, shout out to Purdue Creative. They're fantastic in every aspect of what they do. Um, they made uh, basically a movie, not like in length, but just like the quality of it. Um, just kind of a recap of their time in uh, uh, Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. 
and I think there's a small clip of that huddle. I think there's he's like where he's saying like you guys are gonna leave this field saying I told you so, I told you so, and uh, dude, he's got this like giant vein, these like giant veins that just come out of his neck when he's getting all amped up like that. And uh, I mean, it's just you you can't help but get pumped up with him. Uh, and then so the players are feeding into it. I mean, um, I know we don't want to jump the gun again, but my God, after the game, the players were so amped up. They were getting the crowd amped up. I mean. It was just a really cool, like, I mean, this is a team. Uh, they're learning together. And, and you saw from, like, week one to week two, especially defense, I think you saw how much they grew um, just in that one week. What do you guys think? Oh, 100%. I think that the impressive thing I saw was that we gave up 17 points in six minutes and didn't give up a point for the rest of the game. Um, they came out and played tremendous in that second half, um, gave up, uh, the second least rushing yards in program history. I think it was Louisville in 1987 with negative 31 yards. I, that's just something I read somewhere. We, uh, the inside joke here is that we probably brought up the stat like a hundred times from the end of the game until like we went, we got home uh, Monday yeah. or Sunday night. So yeah. Anyway, our fifth member has just joined us. Uh, let's get his take on on hey, the what game. What up, Russ? Good, welcome. Hello, you you good-looking young man. You, how's it going? <laughs> What's up, good-looking old fella? What's up? What's up? Hey, um, I gotta give I gotta give Russ a shout out for his weather report. He went out, he risked his he life, killed it. and just all hail to Russ. Even our guy Trevor gave you a little praise. Said you kind of oversold it. I don't think so. I think you did great. I think it was it's, dangerous. It's funny you said all hail because there was like I think baseball-sized hail included in that. Um, but I wasn't phased, as you could see. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't you're, move. You're, you're a man of the people. I try. So just a, just a real quick viewer comment here again from Cody. Uh, Coach Walters kind of reminds me of Coach Tiller when it comes to standing up for the guys. Uh, I completely agree there. I completely agree with that. I one. totally see that. Um, it, it wasn't, and like as Damon said, it wasn't an anger. It was more like that was a bad call. And the game was just so poorly officiated both oh. ways. What, within uh, three plays, we had like, pull up this comment, pull it up right now. <laughs> got a comment here. Uh, Russ. Finally, someone with about. some wisdom on the show from the Hold Ohio on. Isn't there a band hammer on here somewhere? Is Gosh, it what? It. A band hammer on here somewhere? I love that someone gives rest. Someone gives rest a compliment. We're no way. <laughs> Sorry to uh, to uh, uh, take away your opportunity, Russ. What did you think of the game? Um, I mean, I loved the experience, but looking back, man, I hate that it took like fifteen hours. Cause like we were talked about how we were wanting to look around Blacksburg, look around the campus, which we, we kind of did get to see things that we probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. But uh, I mean, it was definitely a day that we won't forget and Walters won't forget for his first win. So uh, it, I think, I think it was awesome in that aspect because that kind of stuff never usually happens. Knock on wood. I mean, I know we get some weather issues. It seems like mother nature does not like the boilers, but uh, it was, I think it was a really cool and unique first win for coach Walters. For sure, and we got to interact with the players and the coach coaches as well in a way that we might not have been able to had it not been that big weather delay and seventy five percent of the fans not returning that kind of thing. So, yeah. And so we've 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 talked about the first half and how um, you know Purdue got up to an early lead and then Virginia Tech came back and scored uh, scored seventeen to tie us up and it really was a game of four quarters. Um, so, Russ, you want to kick us off and give us your take on the third quarter? Yeah, so, I mean, the third quarter, it was obviously the defense really locked in. And 
you know, it, you know, I think I heard you guys talking. I was trying to listen as I was getting my stuff set back up. It, it was a good defensive game for the first 20 minutes or so as well, you know, 20 to 25 minutes. It was that last half of the second quarter when we kind of let things get out of hand and then they locked right back in. And offensively, it was just like a calamity of events that ended each drive, you know, like a couldn't pick up a fourth and one or, you know, got down around the 40 and and couldn't get the field goal because we make the field goal, but then there's a, you know, phantom tied out timeout. And then we miss the second field goal, you know, or then we decide to punt the next time down, but then go in the end zone and comes back out to the 20 and it's like a net 17, 18 yard punt. So, you know, I think Hudson card in a post-game interview kind of mentioned that, that, you know, the mistakes we made and the things that, that caused us to not really win the game by more were self-inflicted um, damage. You know, it was it was things that we were just screwing up, not necessarily anything that Virginia Tech was doing. Um, our defense, I really look for them to take another step this week because if you talk about outside of those six minutes, we shut out Virginia Tech. You know, now Virginia Tech, again, it might, might not even be a bowl team, so I don't know how much that is necessarily saying, but – you know, game two, game one to game two is when you're supposed to see that improvement. I think we saw it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they went from allowing 39 points uh, to Fresno State to to 17. Um, and again, like you said, it was just within a six-minute span, too, just some unfortunate big plays that occurred, and um, Purdue wasn't able to 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 hold them down for the the rest of that second half, or second quarter. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited to see the jump um, this week as well. And I'm excited to see the jump in offense too, because um, I'm curious to see like, because I think obviously, you know, Dion Burks is the wide receiver one. He is like not necessarily the main target, but I think he's always being looked at when he's out on the field and it's, uh gonna be really interesting to see like you know how does this offense evolve because it's not like what i'm used to uh in the jeff brown era of like we've got this one guy that we're gonna hit like 75 percent of the time and then we'll throw it to somebody else to like throw you know keep everybody on their feet whereas like i feel like it's very spread out very um you just don't know at the end of the day who is going to get the ball um and i do think that and i know frank you talked about it a little bit just uh like over the weekend, but I think Hudson card really improved his read option um, and like reading uh, which way to go. So I think on all sides, it's getting better. Yeah. I, I definitely think there is some major improvement on that front. And I, you know, Walters had said uh, not necessarily like referencing the previous coaching staff, but he said, you know, in years previous, it seemed like we tried to target one guy or get to force the ball to one guy. And, you know, this offense is more based around, you know, giving Hudson card the ability to make decisions and make reads on his own. And I, you know, I guarantee that Virginia tech didn't game plan for max Claire. You know, they just didn't. Uh, and you know, he's a true freshman. There's not much film on him. There's not much tape on him. You know, it's just that, you know, so max Claire, I think he, what, was he the leading receiver on the day? Mm -hmm. Yes, but he's a redshirt freshman. Okay. Sorry. Redshirt freshman. So, I just think I and 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 I I enjoy that the players may not love that, but I think the fact that we're willing to throw the ball to whoever is open is a good thing and something yeah. that we should try to do a little bit more often. Now it wasn't until going back and rewatching the game that I saw that there were some times where Card Card missed some open guys mm -hmm. for sure. And there there you know and, and I see what the Purdue fans were saying and that the commentary was awful and the commentary pointed it out a few times. Uh, but there were you know there there are some uh, some wide open guys he missed and. 
but you know, I, I think that stuff's just going to continue to get better. But I think there was a, you know, there was that defensive jump uh, from week one to week two that we saw, and I definitely felt like there was an offensive jump, you know, especially with with, with the run game. We yeah. struggled a little bit early, but you know, we had a 15-yard run for a touchdown, then a 22-yard run for a touchdown. Um, you know, we really got things going at the end. I mean, that final drive where we had to had to put it away it ultimately led to victory formation. We were just running kind of how Wisconsin runs against us at the end of games. So, um, and that's a final drive too that I think uh, if we if we are all thinking about how things have happened previously, we're probably all thinking, oh well, we're going to give it to, give them the ball with like a minute left, and they're going to come down, march down the field, and you know tie it up. So to see them, you know, really close the game out, finish it out strong. Um, looks like Devin Mockaby is getting more comfortable in this offense. Uh, I think he's figuring it out. Him and Card have to work together on that RPO, especially. Um, and I think they're figuring it out. I think that it's just going to be something that I mean, this is new to everybody. Uh, all these schemes, I mean, and and you know, some players are able to pick it up really fast, and, and some players it's going to take a few games, but that's all right. And uh, but Devin Mockaby's killing it out there, and I think he's only going to continue to do that because they're they're feeding him uh, the ball and getting him in good looks and. I think, you know, Chris, you mentioned it over the week too. The offensive line looked a lot better, uh, I think, as well. So I think there's an overall good jump. So and I, I I think uh, one thing was interesting. I don't know if any of you all saw the post-game interview with Devin Mockaby, but he attributed his struggles in week one, you know, mostly to himself. He just said that he wasn't mentally prepared and wasn't as locked in as he should have been. Now, I don't know how much of that is just, you know, I'm talking to a reporter, so I have to say the right thing and how much of that is he legitimately feels that way, but that was still right. an interesting thing to say. Just like, uh, you know, we were still figuring some things out, but just say like, no, that's on me. Like my performance in week one was, was on me. And, uh, it's just a, a very, a very humbling thing to see him, uh, you know, take, take that responsibility. We do have another, uh, listener comment here, a viewer comment mock needs 20 touches a game. I agree. I, yep. I agree. As long, as long as they're good touches, uh, like I couldn't agree more as long as they're all for positive yardage. Uh, yeah, completely agree with that. I will say I agree with that to a point, but I do not to want to run his legs out from under. I want like a loge man management. Yes, I want him still running the ball hard in the Big Ten title game. And because I could care if he gets 20 touches against Fresno State, I want him to have 20 effective touches in November and December. Well, he had 21 against Virginia Tech. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of that uh, probably came in the second half um, from what I can just remember off of the top of my head from the game. Um, I think, I don't know if we just wore Virginia Tech's line down or what, but it seemed like they were definitely, you know, not just him, but Tracy too, were getting better touches, um, you know, going for more yards. So, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think everything, if you had to grade, I know, I know we didn't grade like week one, so we can't really compare it to week two, but I think overall almost every position um, improved, especially I think, uh, obviously, you know, there's still, uh, our secondary still has some questions. Um, those aren't going to go away uh, overnight, but I think there was still an improvement from week one to week two. And I think that shows in, um, you know, the fact that we were, on, they only scored those 17 points within six minutes and then there was crickets for the rest of the game. So, yeah. um, People can say, oh, it's Virginia Tech. People can say, oh, we didn't score enough points. We left too many points on the board, which maybe we did. You know, we I think we almost doubled them, if not doubled them in yards. Uh, you know, total offensive production. Um, we gave up 200 less yards from Fresno State to Virginia Tech. Yeah, so um, I think there's a lot of positives that you can take away from this game. Um and, uh, I mean, if you want to focus on the negatives, if you want to focus on drop passes or – 
um, you know, whatever, uh, you know, deep balls, uh, not finishing on third and long a couple times. If you want to focus on that, that's fine. But I think this team's also doing a lot of great things that you can focus on too. So, um, but we play Syracuse this weekend, guys, a team that gave us a lot of fits last year. It was a back and forth game that we ended up giving away in the last few seconds of the game. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling like we're a more prepared team than Syracuse is. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know what uh, Syracuse has played Colgate and Western Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, not 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 the hardest of schedules. So, so Purdue, as I as we as, as I say this right now, is 31st in PFF power rankings, which before we went live, they were 30th. So these are changing all the time. Um, you know, Syracuse is 52nd. Um, they played Colgate, who they beat 65-0, who is actually unranked in the PFF power rankings. And they beat Western Michigan 48-7, who's ranked 83rd in the PFF power ranking. So, you know, we can we, we can talk about their uh, their stats. We can talk about, you know, some of their players. But we have to keep in mind before we do that they haven't really played great competition. So, uh, Russ, what do you think about the game? Uh, maybe go to somebody else right now. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's getting word from. Uh, <laughs> here we have a uh, here. Here we have a listener comment here. Uh, Syracuse played a team oh. named after toothpaste. Boilers by a billion. Boilers oh, by yeah. a billion, baby. There's my boy Eric. That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> Love you, Eric. Can't say that on the Sons of Saturday podcast. Shout out to you, Billy Ray. But <laughs> no, they did not understand my stupidity, <laughs> which is understandable. I mean, yeah, it's and, it's, uh, got, it's a refined taste. Billy yeah. Ray, if you're listening, uh, I'm sure it's just you know the the cell service and whatnot. But you didn't show up for our picture after the game, like we agreed upon. That's okay. You know, we'll um, if we play yeah, a game yeah. like five cell years. Cell service or was spotty. It was it was it was hard to hard I'll to take communicate. That and, yeah, but yeah, that's uh. So, I mean, the, when I think about last year's game, one player comes to mind that I still have nightmares about, and that's Garrett Schrader. Uh, and guess what? He's back. He's back again uh, with Syracuse. This time, he's coming to Ross 8. Um, so, that's, uh, that's, that, that, that's scary. So, so far this season, 126.5 passer rating, um, 76.5 adjusted completion percentage. His receivers have been performing well, too. Only two drops on the season. Um, he does have five touchdowns, one interception, 543 passing yards. Offensive line has performed well. He's dropped back 63 times to pass. Has only been pressured 16 times. Again, keep in mind their schedule. That's just you know you gotta you gotta take that into consideration. I wish there's a Ken Palm of stats that like adjusts it. Stay tuned, Chris. I'm I'm, I'm working on something. Ooh, so, he's in yeah. the big brain. Big brain. Big brain. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Um, Garrett Schrader has also been decent on the ground. <laughs> hey, oh, oh. oh I <laughs> there we go. There, there we go. Yeah, there it is. Hey, oh. Yeah, we need. All right. We, we need one for Russ too, uh, if he is uh, still around because well, he's uh, show up. Yeah. You know. Also, let's uh, let's take your viewer comment from Cody again. Remember the last time Syracuse came to Ross Aid, they were shut out in 2004. That's I right, do remember that game. To Ross Aid. I do and remember I, that game. And I will say this: that that um. That place is going to be energized Saturday night after the garbage we went through last year. It's the first night game in the new renovation of stadium. And it's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be like 59 degrees at night. Hoodie weather. Like, Hoodie oh, yeah. Weather. It's going to be Ooh. perfect. Bonfire house. Uh, no, I got to go home and go beat. <laughs> but Bonfire no, I, house. Yeah. 
I think uh, I think it'll be a, a really fun environment. And this is after last year game, last year's game. This was a game I had circled on the schedule because I was like, man, I really want to go to this game because I know that if it's anything like Virginia in basketball, Ross State Stadium is going to be very hostile. It's going to be a little rowdy. Doesn't uh doesn't it kind of grind your gears? And I know that I think I remember Frank saying last year that if we didn't lose, you know, this game and the Penn State game that Purdue may not have played like they did the end of the year last year. But it kind of grinds my gears knowing that if we would have just pulled that out against Syracuse, it would have been a nine win regular season for uh for Purdue. And Penn make State. grind my gears uh graphic. Now. That would have been ten then. That would have been yeah. a ten win season. Until you get until you get sued by family guy. Ah, <laughs> they watch, you know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's the guy's <laughs> name? Seth MacFarlane is that his name? Yeah, he mm-hmm. only voices every. He, yeah, I was gonna say he does the voice of like every character on there almost. Yeah, pretty much. Makes good money. Hey, he makes but, a good chunk of change doing that. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm uh, I'm stoked though for Seth MacFarlane looks like a wish version of freaking Elon Musk. <laughs> Russ, welcome back, pal. He doesn't, have his, he doesn't have his ears um, on yet. One thing to say about this Syracuse game, too, and why it's important. Um, the word on the street is Purdue has dozens of recruits coming to visit for this game. That's big. Um, so, Dude. yeah, I confirmed is a 2025 target, uh, four-star cornerback Tarian Grant. Another four-star 2025 target, edge rusher Damian Shanklin. Four-star edge rusher Austin Alexander. Um, you know, all three, all three of those guys are four-star 2025 recruits. Uh, three-star linebacker Grant Bierman, three-star defensive lineman Antonio Carter, all confirmed to be there. But the the report was dozens, dozens of recruits, mm. uh, both for 2024, but mostly for 2025. I feel like I'm gonna need to bring out my uh, WWE belt for this game. I feel like it's time. I haven't brought it out to a game yet, and I feel like it's time now. Will you be allowed to? Yeah, I've brought it into Ross State before. Uh-huh. Cool. So, so Russ, I hear you. I hear you have an interesting stat about Syracuse that you'd like to, yeah, to share back, with Russ. us. I I do not. I do not. It was Fake it was about news. it was about Virginia Tech. I was trying to get it in before we we transitioned. No, so, no, we can we we can revert back. Let's do it. Um. So one of the big. Do you guys remember one of the big issues we had against Fresno State defensively? Uh, they went up those third and whatever, like third and eights, third and tens, third and third, third downs. Right, and offensively, we struggled on third down against them as well. So offensively, mm-hmm. we went from three for 12 against Fresno State to seven for 17 against Virginia Tech. Right, huge improvement, almost doubled uh, efficiency. Defensively, how, how good do you think we were defensively on third down, percentage-wise? Um, what percentage do you think? I feel like we were uh, – so a percentage of getting – Getting off the field on third downs of them picking up first downs. Just do it from that. Perspective. Okay, yeah. So I would say Virginia Tech twenty-five, forty-two percent of their third downs. Oh, they oh. picked up like fifteen percent. Two for twelve, seventeen percent. Yeah, wow. Chris almost had on. Ooh, there you go. Look at that. So nice. huge, huge improvement on third down, offensively and defensively. That was the last thing I had for that. So. Well, and it, it's kind of like Walter said. Like when you get seventeen third downs, like that means you. I mean, that's that's a good thing. It means you're. You're, you're 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 moving the ball. That's that's wow. See, I thought he said that. The, I thought he said 17 third downs meant you were doing good on defense because you were stopping them that many times. So it's kind of like the reverse. You, you can you can think about it either way, really. Yeah. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, but yeah, it's just, if you think about it from a defensive perspective, it means you're getting stops on first downs and you're forcing them into third downs. But 
offensively, I think, hey, you're getting 17 third downs. It means you're moving the ball a lot. Things are, you know, because that's uh, that's a high number. I think comparing that we only had 12 the week before, but we also weren't converting them. Right. But, yeah, I uh, I can't wait for the atmosphere this weekend. I think it's going to be fantastic. I plan to get to uh, West Lafayette early as uh, Saturday um, to – just have a great time. Uh, I don't know whose tailgate I'm going to bomb, but I'm going to I'm going to bomb somebody's tailgate. Just uh, just bring myself in there. You're going to you're going to you're going to surprise a 10 because if you say bomb a tailgate, that puts you on a list. Yeah, that's tough. that's tough. Hey, the <laughs> well, never mind, guys. I uh, can no longer go to the game this Saturday. <laughs> I'll take the ticket. Yeah, we're good. Uh, yeah. We're going to hang out with the Maccabees, I would think. Yeah. Oh, are, are you going to be there, Dylan? Hopefully. Are you going to plan oh. on it? Nice. Hey, I don't appreciate the little <laughs> stats that was shown there. But. Uh, hey, thanks, Dale. One for three, ain't, one for three ain't bad. I'm gonna show up to the game this Saturday, and there, I feel like I'm just gonna have like eyes on me. Maybe like, uh, well, I'm not gonna tell you if I'm going or not, and that way it's a surprise, and I'll find you, and I'll like. Uh, He's gonna show up in like the fourth quarter of the IU game this year. And be like, see, guys, I told you I'd be here this year. <laughs> I told you. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Boiler up. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, yeah, I plan on being there. I've got to work during the day, but I will be there after. Yeah, gonna be, be a good time. As the kids Very good time. Well, and you will see on the field that Syracuse has been using primarily three different running backs this season. Would you like to know about them? Sure. sure. Absolutely, Frank. Uh, so it seems like the primary back has been LaQuinn Allen. Uh, is 127 rushing yards on the season. 5.3 yards per carry, four touchdowns. The other two, Ike Daniels, 17 carries, 99 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. Third, Jawan Price, 22 carries for 86 yards. I believe we're going to see mostly LaQuint Allen because, again, you know, once these these games start to get blo- kind of blowout-ish, uh, teams start to pull their starters. And so I think that, uh, you know, these, these second two running backs are more of a garbage time uh, type of running back. Um, that's just my theory, though. I don't, I don't know that to be... Uh, the case for sure. But uh, I expect to see LaQuint Allen, who honestly reminds me a lot of Devin Mockaby. Um, You know, he's six foot, uh, 195 pounds. So it's a little bit more of a speedy, elusive type of running back. So I'll just be really curious to see uh, how our defense prepares for him and the scramble attack of Garrett Schrader, which I don't know if I said this and I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Um, He has 61 yards on scrambles this season so far, only 15 yards on the ground for a designed run. So the majority of his ru- ru- rushing yards are coming from scrambles. So seems like we're in for another uh, another dose of Garrett Schrader, uh, you know, running running on the ground against us or trying to. So I'll be really curious to see how we kind of handle the running back, quarterback, rushing threat. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, um, you know, if you look at Purdue's defense from just week, week one to week two, they obviously struggled with the scrambling quarterback. Um, but week two, I don't know, was Virginia Tech's quarterback, was he kind of that dual threat, like he could run the ball but also throw it? Or um, I think he was uh, more, of, more of a true pocket passer. Yeah. Okay. That um, backup they brought in is a – is the more of a Baylor, the transfer from yeah Baylor, the transfer yeah. from Baylor and I was terrified when they brought him in. Me too. It's, 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 I mean, with two minutes oh left in the game to bring in your backup quarterback, which oddly enough, the announcers for the game said that they expected to see him, you know, at some point in the game. That yeah. was news to me. Well, because I think even Billy Ray uh, from the Sons of Saturday said that they, or I think they like talked a little bit about like expecting like a dual quarterback system. Um, 
maybe but yeah they definitely didn't do it until like the last two minutes of that game and uh of course the first pass he throws is like a 25 yard you know first down um, yeah when, I got when that everybody. happened i was like oh damn well yeah. there, there was one play where he ran or he tucked the ball and ran and i don't know who it was that he hit but he laid a a, a thump on a purdue player i mean it was right in front of us we uh, i it. think it was uh was it, it was marquise wilson okay it just someone went in to tackle him, and he just. I mean, if, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, I'm I'm getting on my quarterback. I don't want him doing that. But he, yeah. he lowered his shoulder and 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 hit hmm. him. I mean, it was like whoa. So but, based yeah. on rushing stats, uh, Purdue currently ranks 11th in the country and third in the Big Ten in rushing defense. I'll take it. That's fascinating, and you know, considering our schedule being the third hardest preseason, uh, yeah. that's pretty darn impressive. I was just going to say, yeah, when Frank was talking about we're going to have our hands full and we're going to deal with some more of the same from last year with Schrader trying to scramble on us, I, I don't think that's going to work against this defense. I think we're starting to learn the identity of this defense and how you're going to try to beat them, and it's not going to be running the ball. So I, I, I think they're averaging over 200 yards a game. I would be surprised if they topped 100 yards against us. I'd be surprised. Is that, a, is that an official bold prediction? Yeah, that's an official bold prediction. I'd I'd say they do not hit triple digits as a team rushing yards this Saturday night because, you know, you can say what you will about their schedule and they've obviously done what they needed to against the opponents they've had, but they are not nearly as battle-tested as we are. Um, we're hyped coming off Coach Walt's first win, and it's a night game at ross Aid. That's true. Everything goes up. Like, we got we get, like, plus 10 attributes to everything uh, when it's a night game at ross Aid. so – and and go ahead and add like a plus five for coming off Coach Walt's first win, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I think that they're going to have to beat us essentially the same way that other teams have moved the ball against us, and that's with some quick slants, beating this man coverage and confusing the zone coverage. You know, stacking guys and trying to get our defense a little out of place because you know we've seen that Kane and Allen they're transitioning from being a, a safety to a, a cover corner or a slot corner. Uh, kind of a position and you know I think they're obviously improving at that you know you saw with Cam Allen picking up an interception and being in a good spot this this week and I think you just see a bigger improvement next week so what did you guys say that Dylan Thieneman is on track for right now uh how how many Uh, tackles interceptions 12 interceptions for the season and was it like 48 tackles or something like that something oh no it's like it's like 90 plus tackles maybe even 100 yeah did he have 12 tackles against Virginia Tech, or what was his he numbers? He had seven, each? I think. He had 10 seven. the week one and seven, so he's averaging eight and a half a game. Yeah, he's currently third in the nation for interceptions. And it was really interesting, too, to see how how far back he plays. Like, it didn't quite hit me until I saw it in person. Oh, I mean, yeah. Some, some plays, he's 25 to 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's our human safety net. He truly is a safety value. And, and his there, I, there was an entire drive. Uh, it was actually a three and out. Uh, for Purdue's defense that I watched, I just watched him and his, I mean, his, his ability to read and react is, is, is elite. I mean, he would just see something and just sprint and he's so fast. And, uh, you know, there are some, there are some Virginia tech fans around us who maybe had some negative things to say about him throughout the game. And it was such poetic justice when he caught that interception. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was great to, great to see. But you know, as it stands right now, Syracuse is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, Purdue actually opened as a three and a half point favorite. Um, and I think that kind of surprised a lot of people. I think, you know, with Syracuse uh, getting a lot of hype right now that 
know, we thought we'd be a pretty strong underdog, but it seems like Vegas is kind of 50 50 on who they think is going to win this game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be, um, surprising game, so to speak in terms of, I think, I think like we've seen like the offense get it together and now the defense has kind of gotten it together. I think this will be the game where it all just kind of, Kind of what? Meshes. Sorry. No, Stupid no. microphone. <laughs> no. Just yelling. It just, kind of, it just kind of. Just kind these of, are spirit we, fingers. <laughs> we need a. We need a uh, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Words. You did the Get same it? thing Chris just did. Good job, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> We're great with words. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, so what is it? Uh, prediction time. Um, okay. Are we doing score predictions or yeah? I guess we're doing score predictions. I mean, might as well. Yeah. Can anyone um, guess what mine's gonna be? Boilers by a billion. Yeah, you got <laughs> it. Got a boy. Boilers think, by a billion. You think Purdue's gonna win by a billion? <laughs> yes, indeed, I do. That's, <laughs> That's exactly a hot take. I mean. That's a very hot take. Boilers by Spicy. a billion with a B. Anyway, you you adults take it away. I don't know. I think I think it could be a high scoring game. Um. Uh, um, you know, obviously, I want Purdue to win. Um, I'm gonna go 31 24 Purdue. I think that Purdue has had a lot more of their weaknesses exposed than Syracuse has. I think you know, when you play teams like Colgate and Western Michigan, and those are the only two teams you've played, you don't get a lot of your weaknesses exposed. Um, so I think Purdue has been able to address some of their weaknesses, and maybe Syracuse hasn't. Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm thinking this one gets ugly. Um, I'm going to guess 34-21, Purdue. I like the way you're thinking, Frank. Um, I do also think that Syracuse is going to have to react to getting actually punched in the mouth. You know, they've averaged three and a half points a game given up. So, you know, when, when they actually have to deal with, you know, we completed eight passes this week against Virginia Tech. So, you know, you have eight different options you've got to guard. And we've got a three-headed monster in the backfield. Really four, if you include Hudson Card starting to get a little more comfortable scrambling. You know, he had the game-winning rushing touchdown, if that wasn't mentioned yet. So I, I think um, maybe we mimic a pretty big night game for Purdue that was a pretty big defining game for the last coaching regime. And I think we get another 49-20 to 20 mark. Wow. Interesting. Bold predictions here. I, uh, yeah, bold predictions. Okay. Take it okay. away, Chris. Um, I think that – hold on, let me look at one thing. I think that what you're going to see is you're going to see, like I said a little bit ago, everything just falling Ooh. together for Purdue. You got uh, some competition now, Dylan. We got a uh, comment coming uh -oh. in here from Cody Michael Abrams. Uh, boilers by a trillion. Oh, oh my! So, right, I'll take it. I'm not, not not mad about it. He said he's going to buy his beers on Saturday, so I he know, did, yeah. So maybe a trillion beers if you're lucky. Hey yo, sounds like a great time. <laughs> um, so what I will say is that I think so. Right now, Syracuse ranks middle of the road for average passing and rushing yards per game. They're passing or the rushing yards like. 73rd in the country and passings like 62 ish, something like that. Um, I think that they're going to run into a buzzsaw when it comes to passing. Um, 
or when and when it comes to rushing and yes rest there against teams like western michigan and colgate um and i think that's going to force them into a pass coverage and we've seen the jump from week one to week two there wasn't as many lost coverages and guys being wildly out of position and i tried for like three hours to watch the secondary to try and figure out how this pass this past secondary works can't figure it out it makes my tiny brain hurt but um i think ultimately with all that said i'm looking at like 31 17 31 14 Okay, okay. These uh these are all some bold predictions. I, I don't know why, but it, it gives me the gives me the heebie jeebies. Um I wanna I wanna fully believe. I, I wanna be there with you guys, but I'm just uh I'm reserved right now. Come on I'm, in, I'm the that, water's nice. Come on. I'm that Purdue fan. <laughs> um, but also I wanna I don't I don't know if this is true or not. Um, but Cody Michael Abrams, I think you're the guy that won our hundred follower giveaway like last year. And got that Devin Mockaby T-shirt. So if that's did you, you man, actually send it to him. I did. I actually, <laughs> oh, I, uh, I, I did. And Dylan, you would have got your shirt if you would have uh, came in this weekend. But we would have got your shirt if you <laughs> I won't see that for another thirty years. God. <laughs> um, maybe actually, it's still in my car. So if because uh, I haven't cleaned out my car since I uh, left <laughs> it. Hey, he dirty is, he is the guy that we got the shirt for. That's awesome. Got a boy, Cody. Say it. Um, if we see you Saturday, you should wear that shirt if it's not too cold. I don't remember if you got sweatshirt or a t-shirt. So be a man, um, wear a t-shirt. You know, <laughs> be a man. Have you seen those videos? That, yeah. Be a man. Be a man. Yeah. Well, if there's uh if there's nothing left here, I'd like to uh possibly toss something out somewhere. Perhaps uh perhaps throw one out there. But like the, it, rather than like me going on a rant or me just uh you know rambling for like I want this I want this to be like kind of a Q&A you know with you guys but uh Russ all credit goes to you for being the first person to say this after Fresno State um Russ said that he thought Hudson Card or maybe it was before Fresno State he said they thought Hudson Card was the best quarterback in the uh in the Big 10 West and after week 1 I wasn't convinced uh, I didn't think there was you know enough sample size uh, after week two, I'm like, okay, it passes the eyeball test. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, I'm really into analytics and, and no. stats. And so yeah, yeah so I, I decided to that. look in. Yeah, yeah, that's why that exists. Um, so I, I decided to look into it and see if there were any stats that would that would support that. Um, you know, one thing I love about analytics is that sometimes the eye that we look at things with or from an emotional side, because there is an emotional aspect to sports. Oftentimes, it's not reflected in reality. So. You know, I wanted to see if my there was any bias there for me. Um, but like, how do you define the best quarterback? Right? Is it you know who who leads the the conference, the Big Ten West in passing yards? I don't really think that's fair. Um, but he does lead the Big Ten West in passing yards with 502. Um, the second is Tanner Mordecai with 463. So pretty decent margin there. Um, but not all passing yards are kind of created equal. And a really good example of that is his throw that he had to Dion Burks. Like Dion Burks had an 84 or 86 yard touchdown. The majority of that was Dion Burks, you know, card put it in his hands six yards away from the line of scrimmage. Dion Burks did the rest. Um, so that's not really a fair metric, but, uh, you know, there's another thing we can look at too. Uh, and that's how often teams run versus pass, you know, army runs on 92% of their plays this season, Florida Atlantic only runs on 25%. So not really apples and apples to use passing yards. Uh, so if we dive into something a little more complex, there's a stat that PFF has created called adjusted completion percentage. Um, so it's basically a completion percentage with but adding in wide receiver drops. 
So if you hit a wide receiver in the hands and they drop it, it still counts as a completion for the for, for this instance of this stat. So he's actually third in the in all the Big Ten at 74.6. Um, then we can take a look at turnovers. He's the only quarterback in the Big Ten West to not have an interception this season. Um, what's even more impressive is he has the lowest number of what PFF calls turnover-worthy plays. He only has one. PFF um, defines this as a play that has a high percentage chance of being intercepted. Um, so if you think about like a, a throw hitting a wide receiver in the hands and they tip it up in the air, uh, that doesn't get counted as a turnover for the uh, sake of this stat. So he only has one. Um, some have as many as 10. Um, so that's just, uh, just to go to show the comparison there. Uh, he leads the Big Ten in passer rating at 97.3. Uh, second is Luke Altmeyer at 86. Again, pretty big margin there. Um, but perhaps the most interesting stat, and the one that really sets him apart, is uh, what PFF calls their pressure to sack percentage, which Rush, I'm sure you've looked into this as well. But it's the percentage of plays where the quarterback is under pressure that results in a sack. So I'm going to say that one more time. It's the percentage of plays where the quarterback is under pressure where the quarterback takes a sack card leads the big 10 West by a mile. His pressure to sack percentage is 6.9%. The second best is 16.7% held by Cade McNamara. Couple that with the fact that card has been under pressure more than any quarterback in the West. Like the offensive line is not doing him any favors. That also has to do with the fact that we do have the toughest schedule in the West, in my opinion. Um, but he's been under pressure on 29 of his dropbacks and only sacked two times. You can compare that to Altmaier, who's been under pressure 25 times and has been sacked eight times. So given all that, is Card the best quarterback in the Big Ten West? And if not, who is? After two games, I'd say yes. Shout out to Frank and his big Frank. brain. Del Gregg with a comment. I like those stats, Frank. Thank you for sharing. Um, and we love Frank's stats as well, too. Uh, Dale, uh, Frank does a great job. He he dumbs it down for us all too, so we all understand somewhat what he's saying. Um, and uh, yeah, it's cool though because there are a, t- a lot of times, like especially basketball season, I think that's where I get the most emotional. I know it's going to shock everybody, but I'm so surprised. Um, <laughs> what? Oh. But uh, I think Frank always reels everybody back in with, uh, "Oh, actually, it's this or it's that or you know whatever." And sometimes it's like, "God, Frank, I want to punch you in the face. Let me feel my feels." Fact, but Duke didn't hire Frank is ridiculous. I yeah. Mean. They totally should have. I mean, we want him where he's ours, but like he'd, he'd get paid more there. Okay, this is a good question. Is Card playing too conservative at times? Question from the Noodle. 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 Nice to see you back. Um, yeah. So I, in my, so one, my, my only criticism of Carr in his, actu- in his actual gameplay has been that sometimes I feel like he tries to do a little too much, it seems. And I feel like he tries to imitate Patrick Mahomes in his gameplay, kind of the I'm going to I'm going to run and I'm going to pretend like I'm going to run and I'm going to stop and pump fake. I'm actually going to run. and I'm going to sling it out to somebody. And sometimes it just seems like the better decision would have been to just scramble for six yards and go down. I mean, so he's now he's going to do that sometimes and he's going to make really big plays. and He's going to do that sometimes and he's going to take a sack. But I think that, you know, he just needs to learn when to kind of pull out what tricks out of his bag at the right times. Um, but I think that your own stats display that he's maybe not as crazy as what people think he is. You know, if he's got a 6.9% pressure to sack ratio and he's only got one turnover, um, 
what did you say? What was the term? Zero turnovers. Yeah. Zero well, turnovers. But the one turnover one, worthy one play. One turnover worthy play. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, no turnovers, one turnover worthy play. I think exhibits that he is making sure that he doesn't cost us the game. And yeah. we also didn't mention that he's getting the Riz King or the Riz Master back this game. <laughs> well, I never expected you to say such words. Hey. Wow. Hey, old, old dogs can learn new tricks. Let's go. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> boy, you, you I forgot that Big Banner gave him the the what was it like the most risible person or yeah most most Riz Riz or whatever or yeah but yeah he's back at the top of the death chart yeah um, so Garrett Miller is coming back too as well fully healthy like he played last game but as Walter said he just kind of had a limited amount of packages or limited amount of plays in a package that they had for him. So him coming back healthy, Gus Hartwood coming back healthy. You know, what was the big comment we had on that last game-winning drive? Was the O-line, like, stepped up. So we we get Hartwig back and the leader of that O-line back. Imagine a whole game of the O-line playing like they did on that drive. That's that's where I get 49-20 from because you get a whole game of that hat-on-hat being able to let Card just pick apart the defense. It it could It could be a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, we got a couple comments. If you guys a couple comments here, uh, first comment here from Nick. Uh, how do these compare against all of the Big Ten? McCarthy has to be the top. Baby Tua or Aller have been fine. Curious of card is top five. Uh, let's see. When looking at all of the Big Ten here, um, I guess we can start with uh, with passing yards. Uh, Noah Kim actually leads in passing yards. Um, with that's, 571. Uh, yeah, it's Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yep. Um, Hudson Card is fifth. Um, and so let's see. Adjusted uh, completion percentage. Well, let's get rid of the people who have like played one snap here. Uh, he is sixth in the Big Ten. So the East is strong. The East is strong. Um, but uh, it, so he's middle of the pack, like upper middle of the pack. Upper middle of the pack in the in the in all the Big Ten, but uh, seems to be, in my opinion, given everything that we just said, uh, the best, uh, the best in the West for sure. Yeah, I would, I would take maybe those three over him, and that's probably about it. The three that Nick mentioned, um, and I don't even know. I to me, oh yeah, okay. Sorry, I was, I had uh, the Michigan State quarterback. All right, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah. So Never mind. <laughs> let's let, let, let's address uh, our next question here, which Russ, this is a good one, maybe for you, historian. Have we ever beaten back to back AC schools in team history? I will get. I don't to, think okay. we've ever played two ACC teams. That's a really good question. The, uh, team it's historian's going to Google it real fast. I wish uh, pretty. Good, I wish football had like a like how basketball we have the ACC Big Ten Challenge or. Um, or we did, or I, I think that's still a thing. Um, well, we we would know. just play Florida State every year, right? Right. But I wish we had something like uh, Big Ten SEC or Big Ten Big Twelve. Um, oh my God! Imagine whoever. the Big Ten ACC or SEC. Ooh. we'd probably get stuck playing like Arkansas every year. Time for you to come up here and get cold, boys. <laughs> We're scheduling that shit for November. <laughs> Isn't this week basically that? Like I've seen. A- I've seen a lot of talk about like they might as well call this week in college football the the Big Ten ACC. Yeah, then Tech's isn't Tech playing Rutgers this week? Tech's playing Rutgers this week. Uh, we're playing Syracuse, Maryland, Virginia. Maryland is playing yeah, Virginia. I think oh, there were like four. Louisville, or five. IU. Who's playing IU? Duke, Northwestern, yeah. Louisville. Say it one more time. Louisville, IU Louisville. for the last time, oh, the first yeah. and the last time. 
the noodle. We got a comment from the noodle here saying that uh, he's pretty sure there's six as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it seemed like seemed like there were a lot this week. I saw something. Can't about wait for that. somebody to just be listening to this and not watching and just hearing <laughs> Chris is going. <laughs> Frank, are you going to edit that out for the uh, the audio podcast? Uh, now I'm going to leave that in there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to be driving to work and have to hear that. They're going to pull up right next to their boss. No, and- that's actually that, that's actually a really good imitation of the 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 gobbles that we heard. Oh yeah, Virginia there Tech you Stadium. go. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Well, it's kind of like the gobble reminded me a lot of, and I think Virginia Tech's probably the only one. But every college team that has a cat, the Bearcats, whoever else, they all have the they all have the same like tiger noise. I don't know what it, it's the worst. But like at, at at Purdue, we do the uh, you know the the bell chime or the kill, you know the uh, uh, minor second over and over again. But man, they're, they're just like, like it just that's perfect. Oh my god, me, it doesn't get me hyped up. It, like it doesn't. It's just like oh, stop that. Like it does. Not just, only uh, does Frank have the biggest brain, but he can do a turkey impersonation like nobody's business. Have a comment here from the noodle. Thank God I didn't have my headphones on. Yeah. Apologies <laughs> no, to anyone who does that they had to hear all those. Whoever else is in your home right now is like, what the hell? I was going to say that that could be a double edged sword right there. <laughs> um, it looks like Russ is deep in research over there. And uh, Russ, I know this isn't an easy thing to. Okay. Yeah. He's, he, I know this isn't an easy thing to answer right away, but do you have a, uh, do you have something to say, Russ? Uh, so I got it. So there's only one other time that we even played two ACC teams in the same season. Um, we did beat both of them, but they were not back-to-back. However, if you count Notre Dame, we beat three ACC teams in that season, and Notre Dame and Virginia were back-to-back. Um, in 1968, we opened with Virginia and beat them uh, – let's see, where was it at? Uh, it was at 1968? home. 1968, we beat Virginia at home 44-6 to to open the you season. You graduated that year, didn't you? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I repeated 1968 for somebody to jump on it. That was, actually, that was actually my 10-year reunion. Super senior by that point. <laughs> but um, then we played Wake Forest in week five at home and beat them um, by a score of 28-27. to But they So they weren't back-to-back, but we did beat two ACC teams the only other season we played two ACC teams. So that does bode well. Hey, attaboy. Attaboy. Here we go. Well, well that got <laughs> I don't know why well, I thought I thought we had something else to talk about, and I just like totally spaced nope. it. But uh, we are at our hour mark uh, that we typically uh hop off. It's uh, rest of time, everybody. So, We've got to get going. Uh, hey Russ Chris, you guys matching. I just had to bring that oh, up. Hold on, we got a comment from Dale Gregg here. Uh Dale, raise Dale, Dale, raise Dale. Saw an article that IU backed out of the 24 to 27 uh, years contract uh, with them. Unsure if it's true, but if true, thought uh, thoughts should Purdue pick up that game for potentially at Lucas Oil Stadium. So IU dropped their series against uh, Louisville uh, for the next two years. It was a three-year series. They are going to play them this week, and I think they're, they bought out of that, um, which is true. That is true, and Dale wants to know if Purdue should pick that up and, and, and play a game against Louisville. Um, potentially at Lucas Oil. You know, I I That'd wouldn't be, be against I wouldn't be against it, except we've got like the next three or four years non conference schedules pretty locked in. So yes. I think maybe he was referring to moving a game to Lucas Oil, which I think that would be uh, great for recruiting. That part, yeah, uh, I would be up for another Notre Dame game down there. We actually have Notre Dame on next year's schedule, so yeah, that that would be yeah, a good idea. Notre Dame. 
Yeah, yeah. that one's at Roth Aid, though. That'll be cool. That or Indiana State. We played them next year as well. We could play them at Lucas Oil. Yeah, but it was, no Indiana State people are going to pack Lucas Oil. Uh, it's like an hour and a half, I think, from Indy. How many people pay attention to, to Indiana State football? You'd be surprised. Here's the take that I saw that I think I think might have come from an IU fan supposedly defending IU making this move. That oh, shocker. I guess they were basically conceding that they are a crap football program because their support of the move was saying, if you're not going to be a playoff team, you might as well schedule cupcakes to get at least three of your wins, and all you got to do is win three conference games and you get a bowl game. And that should be your focus. Well, we know that's their strategy. They do it every year. Yeah, right, exactly. But to me, that's just going to cement them in the bottom of the Big Ten and have them four and eight, maybe five and seven as a top watermark. Yeah, and it's going to kill their recruiting, right? Like, would you rather go to Purdue and play, you know, two ACC teams and a conference winner or go to IU and play Ivy Tech Indiana school for the deaf and ball state, you know, like <laughs> and ball state. <laughs> ball state. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> That's what it makes. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, you know, something we do as part of the big banter network is we do put out weekly uh, power rankings. That's what makes power rankings this early in the season. So hard is that so many teams have only played Colgate uh, and have only played Western Michigan. So, you know, is it, and there are people that would say that we've only played Fresno State and Virginia Tech too. So True. I mean, yeah, everybody but is it is it is it better? So like, I, I look at a school like Nebraska. Like, how do we compare them to, um, you know, maybe or Maryland? Let's say who you know, hasn't really played anyone tough. Uh, I just think that like you know is is an zero and two Nebraska. Like, how do we say which team is better right now? You know, because ne- Nebraska is probably the only team I think that could rival Purdue for strength of schedule so far in the season. I think PFF has them ranked slightly. Um, uh, two slots higher than Purdue in, in uh, strength of schedule. But, <laughs> yeah. Got a comment here. Preach, Russ. Hey, so, I yes. try. I try. No, yeah, I think that, you know, um, yeah, power rankings are interesting. That's for sure. Um, but, yeah, you're right, though. It is uh, It is important to, to take the totality of the circumstances, um, if you will, in – not just ranking teams, but I'm talking about like just in general, you know, we could, we could go into the season having probably one of the toughest schedules and it could turn out to be a bust. What was it a couple years ago? We had what looked like to be a halfway decent schedule and that everybody got really good and we were clawing our way through the whole damn thing. So I think it's just kind of uh, circumstantial and it is too early to tell, but you know, if you, Beat teams like Charlotte and Colgate or something like that. You look really good and sound really good until you get to November and you're staying home for bowl season. Right. That's why I struggle with a team like Iowa too. You know, they've won both their games. They didn't look great though. Yeah. You know, and uh, a team like Illinois for, you know, who uh, the, the score of the Illinois Kansas game is not indicative of how close it wasn't. You know that's uh, and they struggled at home against Toledo as well. I so. really liked watching Kansas that game. I know we were watching it at the Airbnb uh, Friday night. That was a or maybe Saturday. I don't remember what day it was. Uh, no Friday. Um, that was a really fun game to watch. Like I think Kansas is a really fun team. Jalen Daniels is a good quarterback. Um, very shifty. So. Um, uh, that was my two cents on Kansas. Appreciate you guys tuning into the Kansas Jayhawk podcast. Um, <laughs> hey, their uniforms are rad. 
I'll take that a step further and say that it looked like there was just a huge talent disparity between the two teams in favor <laughs> oh, of Kansas. Yeah. Which is wild because I remember five years ago when they like you couldn't pay somebody to play football at that school. Yeah, Lance and, Leopold has turned that program around big time. The biggest thing that was missing from Illinois was their defense. Yeah, did, didn't they have the presence. defensive coordinator of the year last year? What happened to that guy? Here. Is he not? Uh, what not sure. happened? <laughs> Weird. Oh, Bert, Bert doesn't know what to do. He's just waddling up and down that sideline, all sorts of confused. I will say, based off some of the things that you said, kind of reiterating what you guys said, that this game this week against Syracuse will be the first real measuring stick game for us this year. You know, because – you know, yes, Fresno State is a group of five. Yes, Virginia Tech was two and nine last year, but Syracuse was a bowl team. Syracuse did beat us, even though we kind of really beat ourselves last year against them. And they're bringing back Schrader. They did lose some pieces. They lost their star running back, but you know, Schrader is, you know, the biggest reason that they were able to knock us off last year. And he's coming back. So this is a revenge game for guys like Sanusi Kane. You know, guys like Nick Scorton. Guys that that were on that defense that watched that last drive and probably replayed that drive among others after last season, I think they'll be ready to, to take his block off this week. And Gus Hartwig that potentially could be coming back this week, uh, coming off of injury. I don't know if we've gotten to mention that yet, but, um, but yeah. So uh, I think Frank had one more thing to say, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. He wanted to uh, throw something else out there. No, that was, that, that was just a joke. That was, yeah. That was oh. not a real thing. Yeah. Oh, I got sorry you. About that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. To, sorry to everybody at home that was waiting on that. Um, really disappointing. Well, we'll have to talk to Frank after that we go off the air and we'll we'll deliberate, you know, how we move forward from here. Yeah. So have a review. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in once again. Um, shout out to our uh, partners over at Big Banner. You can check out their website, check out all the podcasts, um, check out all the blogs that they've got as well. Um, and of course, since you blitz boards, it's a great, uh, it's a Purdue owned business, a uh, great game for the family, great game for tailgates. Um, you know, uh, everything, uh, in general, is just a great game to, uh, have fun with your friends with. We were really disappointed that we didn't get to play it this weekend. Um, <clears throat> uh, shout out to Dylan for that one. Um, <laughs> and then um but uh i've gotten a lot of flack tonight and i'm not you know I'm not happy about it. <laughs> i've gotten a lot of shit tonight and uh, you know whatever. oh now nick's uh, chiming in great appreciate it yeah everyone yeah. great <laughs> but uh but yeah uh, as always thank you all so much for tuning in we appreciate it um want to shout out the uh turtlehead podcast for giving us that free advertisement on their twitter earlier um you know shouting us out talking about how great of a podcast we were so appreciate that we are awesome. uh, and everybody else at big banner um and we'll see you guys next week so boiler up hammer down and let's beat syracuse <laughs>